welcome back to Night Clerk Radio, episode 97, The Music of Cryocrypt, where we are returning from our month-long hiatus. Thanks to everyone who's, who's come back after we, we didn't release a whole episode <laughs> for a whole month, which is an eternity in the content cycle. Oh, God. I yes. mean, you think about people who like put out two episodes a week and stuff, whatever. Nah, can't do that. <laughs> but we spent our time during the hiatus down in the dungeons, and we've mm-hmm. returned with me, Burke, and my co-host, Ross Payton. Hey, it's me. To talk about dungeons. Yeah. Specifically, CryoCrypt. Said it a couple times. What is it? Cryo Chamber, frequent appearer on this show in the area of Dark Ambient. <laughs> Uh, has branched out into a dungeon synth, or interestingly enough, really dark fantasy is how they brand it. Okay, yeah. Which I'll, I'll talk about in a second. But yeah, they have two albums. We do two albums, as you've said before. So it's mm-hmm. perfect to do yeah. an episode on CryoCrypt. So, Ross, do you have any opening thoughts on CryoCrypt, the label itself, or anything of that nature? Yeah, it's, yeah, judging from the press release, this is obviously the brainchild of Simon Heath, who is, of course, Atrium Carceri, the mastermind behind Cryo Chamber uh, and its driving force. And he talks about how 15, 20 years ago, he released eight albums in mm-hmm. Dungeons and before he got into Dark Ambient, which I found interesting. Um, I'd like to hear those at some point. But for me, it's interesting because Dungeons and seems to be on the up swing. There seems hmm. to be a resurgence of interest. Of, I mean, maybe it's just me, you know, like part of it is, you know, the social media algorithms being what they are kind of curate based yeah. on what you're interested in. So I'm just seeing a lot more dungeon synth than I used to, but the, it's kind of like vaporwave in the same way. It's kind of like vaporwave in the sense that there's a lot of fans of the genre now that are younger than the source material, the inspiration that sort of created the genre. Like dungeon synth is of course a heavily 1980s based Genre has its roots in there from a couple of sources, you know, old video games, uh, old 1980s uh, fantasy movies that were too low budget to afford actual orchestras. So not Conan, but more of the Mm -hmm. Beastmaster variety, that kind of thing. And then, of course, they, they, you know, it's sort of the the side project of heavy metal musicians. Right. Yep. And so all of these things sort of coalesced and there we get Dungeon Synth. But now. There's a lot of Dungeon Synth artists who just heard Dungeon Synth and be like, oh, that's cool. I like it. And then they start making their own. And it's just kind of interesting that I have this half formed essay in my head of like what what is interesting, what about Dungeon Synth really clicks with people. And like part of it, I think, is that it's it's, you know, escapist and fantastic Mm-hmm. And evoking the, uh, you know, this mythic past that doesn't exist, but it's also disconnected from like real history, right? Because it's you synthesize instruments instead of real instruments. And while sometimes it has like, you know, inspiration from medieval music and that kind of thing, a lot of times it also has a lot of like, you know, contemporary references like, you know, ambient music and, you know, Vangelis and all these other things. So I don't know. It, it's an interest in like last year, I, I uh, was sort of the year of the dungeon crawler as games <laughs> like Baldur's Gate three fucking mm-hmm. made all the headlines and uh, got millions of fans invested into dungeon crawling as a, as a concept. So it's it, it's an interesting time. And I th- I, I can see why they would oh now was the time to get back into dungeon synth <laughs> you know like yeah. why 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 now 
but there there is something about like people they yearn for the dungeon. Uh, <laughs> the, the listeners yearn for the dungeon, Burke. That's the, that's the all dungeon I can... they actually get rewarded for going to. Yeah, like work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they crave it. You know, like another hit game recent or indie hit game, like Fear and Hunger, like Super Grim Dark Dungeon Crawling. Tears of the mm. Kingdom had an underworld that was basically a massive dungeon um, as well. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it definitely to your first, first, first point, yeah. uh, I would not understate the power of just like algorithmic reinforcement. Mm hmm. You know, and how much this kind of gets put in front of you constantly, because you always think stuff you're into is really popular. And then you see like, oh, Power World sold 80 billion copies in an hour or something. You're like, oh, I guess there's <laughs> bigger markets out there. But I do I do think that there are certain aspects of fantasy and the genre and this kind of myth making that are enduringly popular. I think in most cultures, I mean, you look at not dark fantasy, of course, but just like how long those Tolkien tropes and Lord of the mm-hmm. Rings and and D and D and stuff have been popular and able to to continue to be popular? I think they're easy to digest. I think there's probably some desire for myth. I think that's a a major PowerPoint behind like a rise of a lot of like not that this music in, embodies that, but like a lot of right wing charlatans, you know, commonly invoke myth. I think it's a powerful oh, sure. thing. I mean, even. Yeah, Lord of the Rings was written because Tolkien was like, oh, man, it's fucking bullshit that the UK doesn't have a myth system. (laughs) I'm going to make one. And then he destroyed fantasy forever. Oh, no. (laughs) Sorry. But yeah, but there's media. I I think there's also probably just an ease of producing independent media where you don't need a big market. But Mm -hmm. clearly things like Conan and and other sword and sorcery Italian films and stuff have been enduringly popular. So I think there's something to that. I'm curious to see how the influence is going to the label itself of, of CryoCrypt. I'm curious to see how their aesthetic evolves or doesn't. Like, that's my biggest mm-hmm. my biggest thing to talk about the label itself. Because I, I don't really have a whole lot of insight into whether or not Dungeon Synth is, is truly having a resurgence or not. But I think it's, it's, it's interesting, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But the label itself. I think CryoChamber is notorious mentioned many times in the show for being homogeneous in their presentation mm-hmm. we'll say i think it's like, there's like they've got a house style they have very, a style it's a very consistent style yeah and i would say like i want to see where this label goes that's the most interesting thing to me because i understand that the first two albums which i, I both like mm-hmm. but i i'm very worried that everything they do is going to sound the same that's that's mm-hmm. like my my big concern compared to like HDK probably is like the premier Dungeon Synth label in my head. Again, you know, a bit of favoritism because we've done a lot of them. Yeah. And that's that's very varied and reaches into a lot of different influences. So if you even look at, like, these two albums have, like, the same album cover, basically. You know? Yeah. Already, it's a very, already very, yeah. solidifying, like, a visual style mm-hmm. of what it looks like and, and stuff like that. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully as more maybe Cryo Chamber stable artists or, or other Dungeon Synth artists come to the label. Yeah, it'll, it'll branch out. That being said, I think the strong first two albums, which if you look at who made them, absolutely makes sense. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I would also. I mean, your point in comparing it to HDK is very interesting because, like, once you see, once you look at HDK, you can like instantly recognize their style. But there is still a lot of variety 
in that label, right? Like they, they it's all mm-hmm. like stuff that looks like it would come out from the seventies or eighties, but like, Oh, this is a, a, a mo- horror movie soundtrack. This is a standard ass dungeon synth, you know, well standard, but you know, like very fantasy D and D type dungeon synth. This is also post-apocalyptic sci-fi. This is, you know, something totally different. like everything's within like a historic milieu. So it gives them a lot of mm-hmm. flexibility in, in uh, coming with album concepts, but like, yeah, cryo chamber, you know, like, Simon Heath knows what he likes and yep. knows what sells and like, uh, it's like, I'm going to keep doing that and just sort of iterate within that space. My suspicion is, you know, at least the first six or eight albums are going to be like regulars, people that, you know, uh, Heath has worked with a lot and yeah. is going to, and they're like, Oh hell yeah. I want to do a Dungeons with album. And you mm-hmm. know, once they knock out maybe, uh, you know, but I, I, I would be curious to see if he does like, you know, Dungeons and has a lot of like subgenres within it. And yep. like some of them, like when we reviewed on the album, uh, was like based on mushrooms or based on mm-hmm. like, you know, Dude. medieval <laughs> cooking songs, you know, like there, there's a lot of variety <laughs> even in Dungeons and but like, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I, I like both albums as well. So I think it's a good time to jump in. Agreed. That was from track three, The Haunted Hyperion Woods, off our first album, The Ghost from Shoal, by Vicora Doom. So this is one of the first, you know, two debut albums for CryoCrypt. And this is, Vicora Doom is the artist, but it is in the liner notes stated to be a side project of God Body Disconnect, which is exciting because I love a lot of God Body's Disconnect stuff yeah. that they do for, for Cryo Chamber. And, and so... Obviously, starting strong with artists that are successful that he he loves working with, and the Dark Ambient Project is kind of this character, Vicora Doom, who is a barbarian clan leader betrayed by his his most trusted guard and cast to the underworld, and then made a pact to rise up and get revenge, and then return back to hell or whatever. So, mm-hmm. all the good dark fantasy sword and sorcery tropes in our, our liner notes concept albums. Yeah, I like this album a lot. I I have a few thoughts. At first, I was a little concerned because uh, this whole episode is about like overcoming biases for me because like both <laughs> albums, I would listen to yeah. like the first like twenty seconds and be like, "This just sounds like a cry." But but then all the other more melodic elements come in. And you're mm-hmm. you're rewarded for listening for a whole thirty <laughs> seconds. So yeah, ignore me. I'm an idiot. Like a damn zoomer with all your damn <laughs> I know, right? attention no, span. No goddamn attention span. I'm trying yep. to listen to this while writing my performance reviews. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, all these nice melodies do come in. There's a lot of like I picked that track because it's it's a very little thing, but I love those little like MIDI snare rolls in the mm-hmm. background. Very of the genre to me. 
Uh, so I liked those little touches. And yeah, so I think this reminded me more of old school dungeon synth. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Like less metal focused and it felt a little yeah. more like depressive silences, like that sort of era, mm-hmm. like a throwback, which, which is probably by intent. And consequently, yeah, I really liked it once it got going. I think it's, if I didn't get it's a little repetitive, I think it relies a little heavily on some of these like tribal drum motifs yeah. in the background. There's yeah. a lot of that. And I get it that like it ties the concept together because it is all these barbarian tribes. But uh, overall, like that track stood out to me. Facing Zalul, who is the guard that betrayed him mm-hmm. in our, our concept album, was a track that really stood out for me. But overall, the thing that stood out to me I thought was interesting is that a lot of this feels like some of the best parts of the last few Lovecraft compilations. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. In a good way, and like more exploring more melody and like blending soundscape, but more melodic components. And I always now wonder, looking back on those, if that was like a release to like kind of break from the Cryo Chamber brand a little bit and do Mm -hmm. some more melodic thematic stuff. Mm -hmm. And it kind of boiled over eventually into like, well, we Jesus, we should just do a side project of, of this type of stuff instead of trying to work it into, to other, other releases. I don't know, like just yeah. a little conjecture, but it has all of that great cinematic, rich sound and production that you expect from like crowd chamber, like, which makes sense, right? Godbody disconnected all like the producing and recording and writing, um, but it's still like designed and mastered by Heath. And you mm-hmm. can, you can really tell like just crowd chamber albums just sound so good. Yeah. And if you're not, a hundred percent into what's on them. Like they, they're never like lazy, <laughs> you know, they're always no, expertly, no. expertly made. Mm-hmm. So overall, I think once I kind of got going with this album, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with that. Like one thing that I, I really like this label as a, as a, just as a concept, as a thing that is going to keep happening is that I like Dungeon Synth and I listen to a lot of it. You know, there's a lot of music that we listen, that I listen to that doesn't get, make it to the show because it's like, eh, it's just, you know, the like mm-hmm. the production values just aren't there. It's just a little, you know, like someone's first draft of an album and then they just threw it up on Bandcamp, which is, you know, fine. But like not everybody producing the space takes the time to like iterate and edit and revise. And I think that's th- that polish is what helps make cryo chambers dark ambient stand out in, in the field. And this is going to help. Uh, and this is obviously, I think going to help cryo crypt stand out in dungeons and that it's actually like a polished, well-made album. And this album made me realize like they're saying they're, they're applying the same kind of idea to dungeon synth as they did to dark army, which is to make it cinematic or narrative, right? Like, yeah. And a lot of dungeon synth is, is like disconnected ideas. So they don't have like that strong, narrative focus which makes it more cinematic than say like video game based so mm-hmm. and a lot of you know dungeon synth is very video game based like here's the town music here's the fight music here's the blah blah you know boss fight music yeah the overworld but, yeah yeah and i think the best dungeon synth albums we've done have had strong maybe not necessarily cinematic but some strong theming which for yeah like uh, the mushrooms yeah. you know we mentioned mushrooms and mushrooms and uh wooded horror i think you know like mm-hmm. the guy dying alone in the forest like that that one was great oh yeah 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 and this is i think they're all going to be at that level and but like a lot yeah a lot of dungeons and the listeners like eh. yeah good try but yeah it's not not quite <laughs> gelling for me in terms of your like I, this album actually stood out very distinctly to me from the first album uh mm. what that they released that we'll, we'll review next if only for one thing, which is that drumming, that that fucking military 
drumming, marching drum uh, mm-hmm. is the best way I can describe it. And it's so omnipresent as a reoccurring theme that I was like, aha, this is definitely a war album. This is definitely like, <laughs> you know, the, the armies on the march and, the, you know, epic battles and that kind of thing. So it instantly stood out for me compared to the first one for that. And yeah, I quite liked it. There is the synth brass brass, I think on track three and it like mm-hmm. it, there's something about like those horns that like synth horns that just kind of uh, never quite clicks for me. Okay. Yeah. And they're, they're pretty omnipresent in the genre in general. So that's interesting. Yeah. You hear them a lot. Yeah. It just, yeah, you know, something about it, but like this album also has a lot more like field recordings, you know, like sound mm-hmm. effects, I, I think than the um, uh, other album. And it's actually quite varied too. Like the first, like there are some more military themed, you know, or battle themed uh, tracks, but there's also a lot of contemplative tracks. I like, uh, what was it? Track eight, which is the hall of unhallowed steel mm-hmm. is so sparse. It's so interesting. Yeah. And it kind of builds up at the end. And I, I really like, I love that variety in the album that like <laughs> tracks do really stand out from each other when you actually listen to them and like, like, huh, there's some interesting things going on here. So, yeah. yeah. And, and that's so important for a concept album about a journey <laughs> where you have to feel like you're going to different places sonically, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought that middle where it slows down a little bit is interesting. So, like, let me sneak in one more sample here of something a little more down-tempo or or, or more in this, not necessarily soundscape, but a little more ambient. Mm -hmm. So this is a bit from track six, Spiritual Gateway. So this is a a short track from the middle of the album, you know, track six of 11. And I just really liked, yeah, the slowing down, the the noticeable difference in tone. I'm going to guess it's part of the rising out of the underworld Mm -hmm. theming kind of of the middle of the the Barbarian Lord story. I just picked it because it's adjacent to the, you know, it's close to track eight, which you mentioned, which also is, yeah, there's like this three track bit in the middle where it it slows down a little bit. And I think... Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff is very cool. Yeah, overall, the interesting that you mentioned the drums because like those travel drums are kind of what made me think of the Lovecraft compilations because the Desert Snake God one and oh yeah, God names ever um, had a lot of that, a lot of that kind of tribal war mm-hmm. feeling. Yig, I think I'd have to re-listen, but yeah, I also do want to mention all none of these tracks outstay their welcome either, right? Which Mm-mm. is also a common thing I see in Dungeon Synth is the tracks just go they they go a little longer than they should. Mm-hmm. But like each album, by the way, is pretty like this one is like thirty nine minutes, which is a great length for an album, I think, without being 
you know, so long that you're like, oh, God, some of this is filler, right? Uh, or so short that it's like, this is an EP. This is like three tracks. It's just <laughs> right. Of course, the middle section kind of ends and then we get the, the final confrontation, the finale with the uh, in the last three tracks with like track nine, you know, the battle sounds. You know, I really like on the last track that they have some symbols in there just to punctuate the the ending of this this epic saga. But yeah, it, it, it sort of winds down at the very end as, as uh, our hero marches back into the underworld mm-hmm. after he's gotten what he, his revenge. Uh, it's time to go back to hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Mission's complete. Time to time to wind down. Great sonic storytelling through mm-hmm. the, the progression of the album. I think definitely check it out. And also, you know, we should probably move on to the next album. was a sample from track eight death is calling my name from gray shadow ruins by mountain realm and mountain realm is atrium carceri is simon heath the <laughs> owner and creator of cryocrypt this is the premiere album the debut album of the label and the cover art features a um, probably i'm guessing the same painter or artist as the the first one it's definitely the same style of a little, mm. little goblin man you know, in a cave. And this is very much a cave goblin oh, <laughs> style yeah. album. It is like, if you, if I were to tell, like, if you tell someone who never heard of the genre, this is dungeon synth. And they listen to them. They'd be like, yep, that's, 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 yeah. I never knew what it is, but it's definitely that, that definitely. Yeah. That tracks. Like, yeah. The album I did, uh, if you told me it was dark ambient or dungeon synth, I'd believe you in either one. This one, mm-hmm. I guess feels a little more like what I think of with dungeon synth. But yeah. Yeah, it's closer to the ambient thing than the ghost from Sheol because, the, yeah, it's less melodic. It's more uh, leaning on the ambient aspect of mm-hmm. it. But, yeah, it's a very – it's not quite as narrative focused. It's more about the, you know – it's for fans of Nordic folk of retro computer RPGs and Swedish style low fantasy for pen and paper RPGs, which has also had a resurgence recently in, in the – tabletop RPG world. There have been several Mm -hmm. Swedish RPGs that have been translated in English and done well, like Dragon Bane. And yeah, but like we, we have uh, track titles like temple halls, you know, a lone wizard emerges at like Mm -hmm. castle halls. The King lives grave digger goblin cave (laughs) is literally a track title. Like it's, yeah, this is, this is the most fantasy one can imagine. And I've listened to this album multiple times and it's like, yes, we have to review this. Uh, we have to get back into Dungeon Synth because uh, I yeah. wanted to review this one. So it's great for, yeah, it's a great example of the genre. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You mentioned it's the debut album, which is mm-hmm. interesting because I didn't really look at the dates. I didn't appreciate that this came out all the way back in October of last year. And the uh, Ghost from Shoal was just January of this year. 
didn't realize yeah. there was such a gap between them. I thought that they just launched with two albums. Just shows what I know. <laughs> yeah, I've been following this uh, uh, a while because you know I'm on their email <laughs> list, and they, hey, we have a sister label now, and all this other stuff. And yeah, like yeah, because I think they, they're they're giving that level of polish, right? They, they're not mm-hmm. just cranking the albums out. This is a more like ambient slash drone album. There's there's a lot of like long synth pads mm-hmm. coming in and out. You know, there's like track two is very tranquil, right? With like these chimes mm. and like this scale. Uh, it's like some organ music in there. Yeah, very cool. Synth woodwind is really cool. Synth organ, synth woodwind or whatever is like your main melodic instrument in track two. And I really liked the ending of this album. Like those last four tracks from like a lone wizard emerges. Oh yeah. Through like crystal pool, pyre and castle halls. Man, I really good for a uh, four track run there. <laughs> Yeah, no, in fact, why don't we listen to track 10, A Lone Wizard Emerges. Yeah, it is this incredible, like, warbling synth pads. And it's just this incredible soundscape of textured mm-hmm. synth. Yeah, I love it. Uh, also, great track title, Alone Wizard Emerges. Ah, <laughs> mm-hmm. It is perhaps the most dungeon synth. Uh, and then track 11, there's that organ. Love a good organ. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But then track 12 also has, like, an organ, but it's, like, grimier. I don't mm-hmm. know if organ's, like, quite the right term for that instrument yeah. but it's the same idea of like whatever the melodic lead is in track 12 pyre yeah yeah i also really really like the timbre of that instrument whatever whatever it's kind of supposed to be yeah it's kind of like a funerary dirge yeah like, it's um, a little dirge organ mm-hmm. no into, it's great into like this like airy kind of castle halls like mm-hmm. so i don't know like i don't know if it's supposed to be like oh this is just the next dungeon because it starts with like temple halls and they kind of go through all the stuff and then ends with castle halls. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There is this kind of like I wondered there's some like I didn't I didn't pick up on it, but I wonder if there's some like referencing the beginning at the end, you know, kind of the yeah, mm. cyclical sort of motif. Uh, yeah, the, the, the murder hobo cycle of life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I want to read that. I want to watch that nature documentary. The murder hobo cycle <laughs> of life. Attenborough. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that'd be great. And. There's a lot of variety in this album. Like, for example, track five, The King Lives, is a great, like, it's almost like a courtly dance, right? Like, it's got this yeah. the heart plucking away, and you can just picture, like, a lively uh, uh, courtroom scene with the king. And, again, it's getting to that sort of narrative element of it. Like, you get mm-hmm. different pictures of uh, a life in this realm, this mountain realm through these, these, this variety of music. So it's really cool. And yeah, I quite like it. Yeah. I think if I want to talk about one last thing, now that we talked about both albums, mm-hmm. which is, I, I hope doesn't become an issue for dungeon synth in general is that they both list very different 
inspirations, right? So mm-hmm. uh, Vicor Doom talks about like Conan and and dark fantasy and you know, sword and sorcery, and this talks about like CRPGs and low fantasy mm-hmm. uh, pen and paper RPGs. But it's so funny to me because uh, you could probably flip those and like a cooler shelf effect type thing, and like most people wouldn't notice. Mm-hmm. And it sort of got me thinking about how, like, all of this is the same, like, Ouroboros of inspiration. Because, <laughs> like, all those things influence each other. Mm-hmm. I don't really have, like, a point. It was just an interesting thought to me. I was like, you know, I get it. Like, if you listen to the album, I get why they each have their own influences. And they do come through in the storytelling, right? Because, yeah. like, there's a lot more. We were talking about the war aspect of the tribal drums aspect of the barbarian clans versus the more, like, soundscapey, semi-melodic ambient of dungeon exploration and the mm-hmm. the pen and paper but it's just interesting because these things all feed off each other so i'm curious as again kind of i'll be cyclical <laughs> in my <laughs> comment that like you know i hope that or rather it would be interesting to see if and how they can break out a kind of the cycle of, of self-reflexivity that the genre can get stuck in yeah i mean for me i can kind of see this is also sort of like what degree of connoisseur you are of this mm. this subgenre like you know, there's that meme of like, you know, person on the left sees like every subgenre of like vaporwave, future funk, echo jams, you know, <laughs> yeah. also, blah, blah. And then the person on the right just says vaporwave, right? Like, that, yeah. like, like what degree of nuance can you, is your level of nerddom or level of fandom like give you an, in, like, I can tell the difference <laughs> between like CRPG dungeon set and like cinematic VHS low budget fantasy movie. Like, there, there, there's slight differences. But like, unless you're that, invested in if you can't see that like level of shade of difference of uh between just a hair difference between one and the other like this is like the first you know uh uh, gray shadow ruins is more like ambient more drone it's more of a a vibe and like it there's not as much of a clear progression as like the ghost from sheol which is very Mm. much like a beginning middle and end hero's journey and had more field recordings it was more based on like like you could tell this was like the soundtrack of a, an imaginary movie or tale. And this is more of like, it's a, it's an environment. It's an era. It's something you could loop for like certain scenes, you know, in your role-playing game table or, or totally. video game. Yeah. So like it's, it's degrees of yeah. Nuance. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree that they're, they're ultimately different. And that mm-hmm. if you listen for it, you'll, you'll pick up on those differences. I just, uh, but like what how how many hairs can you split right like yeah can you like do like it would be i think better overall yeah if they they try more variety like in like the, obviously you have to cover like a little bit like fantasy movies and fantasy games but like yeah let, let's have some like mushroom i'd love to see cryocrypt produce a fucking uh a mushroom based dungeon <laughs> like some really abstract yeah yeah, yeah or something gnome based or yeah or or something just like you know, there's so many varieties, like even back in like in, in even fantasy RPGs, there's mm-hmm. a huge variety like fucking D&D had like Planescape and Dark Sun and Ravenloft and all those would have very different soundtracks. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I I think like like HDK does. They they just. Yeah, it w- I, I yeah, I'm eager to see what they do next. And yeah. I, I think Simon Heath has good instincts as a uh, producer of these this kind of music. So, well, I mean, the first six albums are going to be like the regulars. You of know, course. Yeah. So we'll see what they have up their sleeves. I, um, I think that's what it boils down to is that I, I just know they're so good at this that mm-hmm. I selfishly want them to do like certain variety of things. But <laughs> you know, ultimately, as artists, they have to make whatever inspires them and whatever interests them. And it's still good. 
what is your concept for your dream dungeon synth album? Oh man, that's put me on the spot. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Uh, and I don't know. Yeah. That's why I'm not a dungeon synth artist. Right. But like, (laughs) and and, and then of course, Jack reaches mind palace. (laughs) Uh I want, I want Jack reaches mind palace dungeon synth. That's your dungeon. <laughs> Jack Creature's Mind Palace. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's a, that's a, yeah. I mean, how I about you, you Ross? What do yeah. you got? What, what's I mean? The easy answer for me would be um, two two things come to mind immediately. <laughs> One is do a Berserk themed uh, Cryo Crypt album. Um, okay. Yeah, because you have the original like Berserk anime soundtrack, which is you know mm-hmm. legendary. As we discussed on uh, um, you know thinking too hard about anime. Shout out to Noah. But also another uh, manga I really like is a sci-fi manga called Blame, which is uh, set in this uh, mega structure, like mm-hmm. which is a dungeon, you know, and the heroes are going through this thing that is like like light years in size, but it's like built a uh, built environment. So they're just traveling through this thing or not light years, but like, you know, hundreds of thousands of miles in size. And <laughs> it's just endless dungeons, but it's like a sci-fi one. So like a sci-fi. Okay. Dungeon synth album would be real intriguing. Um, I well, think if you can yeah, make yeah. E- easy suggestions like that, I want yeah. a Tomb of Horrors dungeon synth album. Ooh, that's like hyper yeah. violent, mm-hmm. and the real horror is that it can't be SEO optimized. <laughs> yeah, I mean they'd have to retitle it. They can't use Tomb, <laughs> Tomb of Horrors. That, that's uh, there's no way Tomb of Horrors is so generic. There's no way they. They can get away with that. I mean, they. I mean, they couldn't use literal terms "tomb of horrors." Like they, they, they could, they could rename it to something and invoke "killer," uh, de, you know, "killer death trap dungeon." But like Wizards of the Coast has a lot of lawyers. Uh, I would, I would not, I would not risk <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, that's fair. You know what? Play it yeah. safe. Play yeah. it safe. Jack <laughs> the real in bosses, intellectual, uh, uh, yeah, IP laws, yeah, <laughs> IP law, IP wizard. Oh, there we go, Steamboat Willie Dungeonsmith. I don't know how that works. Fuck it. Everyone was making a fucking slasher horror movie or video game based on Steamboat Willie. So do do Dungeonsmith. Fuck it. Perfect. But, there yeah. you go. See, we now we're just shit posting Dungeonsmith. So. Yeah, that's how you know you should end the episode. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they're great albums. Check them out. Let us know what uh, what Dungeonsmith albums you would want to. Call to action, yeah. Let's yeah, know call you, to action. Yeah. What, you, what do you want? What's your dream Dungeon Synth album? Thank you so much for listening. It's great to be back and recording and, and shit posting about music with Ross <laughs> again. Next episode, we're going to get into some recent releases. So one of the things we want to try this year is being more proactive about talking about new music, stuff that's come out within at least the last month or so, instead of doing the 47th episode about an album from 2013. So <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if we haven't exactly picked what we're going to do, but there's been a lot of great music coming out. All the time. And so we're going to pick two or more, maybe, albums, chat about them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you like what you do and we want to hear more of it, we have all these bonus albums, or not even albums, they're episodes. They're podcast albums. 
on our, our Patreon at Nightclark Radio at patreon.com. We have something like 35 bonus episodes up there now. Cool Discord community to interact with. So again, if you like what we do and you want to check that out, that's awesome. Otherwise, you can find us at Nightclark Radio, pretty much whatever the current social media zeitgeist is. I guess we still technically have a, a Twitter, Blue Sky. I don't have a personal Blue Sky. Ross does. Yeah. We got Nightclark Radio Blue Sky. Uh, Instagram, trying to do a little bit more there, at least post that an episode is out. Um, but in general, I'm not good at social media. So your mileage may vary. You like Facebook? <laughs> Russ has got a Facebook for us. Yeah. Whatever you're page. into. <laughs> yeah. But wherever you do choose to, to check these out, if they have a way to rate, review, feedback, go ahead and click whatever button that is. It's it's super helpful in getting the word out. And, um, you know, now that we're back, we can get back, you know, advocating for building community. Tell friends, enemies, frenemies about your interests. <laughs> and hopefully one of those interests is Nightclerk Radio. So thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.